But really it comes down to we are in control of our own position in life. It's up to us. And that's why strength is a choice. Welcome back to the Beyond Macros podcast. We are the Sustainable Transformation Nutrition Coaches, and our show will teach you how to get leaner and perform better in a way that lasts with episodes about nutrition, recovery, and the all-important art of inner work. Today's episode is heavy on the inner work as I interview my friend Scott McGee, a professional good guy, father, and host of the Sisu Way podcast. You may remember Scott from his days as a host of the Wadcast podcast. In this episode, we discussed some of the core tenets of Scott's The Sisu Way. Strength is a choice, vulnerability is strength, and health is wealth. This episode has some great stories to highlight practical approaches to turning your mind from a parasite into a tool that works for you, and how to recalibrate yourself in moments of stress. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to give you a heads up that we are just a few spaces away from hitting our wait list for one-on-one coaching. We maintain a maximum 25 one-on-one clients per coach ratio, which is unheard of. And the reason is so that we can provide our clients with the support and education necessary to create a sustainable transformation with habit changes that make sense for your lifestyle. If you want to book an initial call with me to learn more about coaching and to hear more about a big upcoming announcement before it goes public, go to beyondmacros.com slash initial to set up your call today. There is a $25 deposit to hold your spot on the calendar that is refunded after the call. It's just to make sure you don't book and ghost me. And again, don't take my word for it. The level of support you get from Beyond Macros coaches is apparent when you speak to our clients. It's hard to describe how great Beyond Macros has been for me. Uh, Through small incremental changes, uh, I've reclaimed my ability to eat properly, rest well, recover well, um, and really achieve a lot of physical goals that I didn't anticipate being possible. Uh, It's tailored exactly to you and to your growth and to your goals, and it's unlike any other nutritional system or diet or coaching that I've ever tried. It's really worth it. There are more than a few things about my friend Scott that I admire. One of those things is that he has an uncommon ability to recalibrate his perspective and find his center in moments of stress. I have to keep practicing it. I keep practicing it. Here's another, here's a, here's a thing. Something simple. So in here, I'll do, I'll do a workout, say uh, something easy like five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats. So introducing some type of stress. And now I'll add a little bit more stress and say I'm going to do one round of that every 40 seconds for 20 minutes. So it ends up being well, 30 rounds of Cindy. But I don't focus on that because already if you start focusing, oh, go do 30 rounds of Cindy, you're already your own imagination is starting to apply pressure to yourself. So then what I do is I immediately respond with some recalibration, some mental thoughts. And that is to focus on one round and then be smooth. Remember your breathing. Remember your thoughts. And then doing that and then in between, I'll add where I can't uh, look down, bend over, or put my hands on my hips. To me, if I end up doing that, it's like I no rep the whole round. 
And so those things help train to stay calibrated through stress. It's also the same similar thing to the ice bath. So ice bath, right? Again, big old stress. It's a big gigantic thing of freezing cold water. And in the people's mind, it's colder than you would think you is cold. It's like frigid, right? You put your hand in there and it's like, nope, uh-uh. But already uh, the imagination there of what it feels like is starting to, to defeat you. And so when you're talking about recalibration, is your mind working for you or against you? So is it a, for most of us, it's a parasite. Our imagination can be a parasite and stop us from doing some things that are incredible. Part of Scott's ability to recalibrate comes from the knowledge that strength is a choice. You can find these four words on Scott's shirts, in the intro to his Sisu Way podcast, and even engraved on a sword he has in his garage. Scott shared one of the earliest points where this lesson sunk in for him. Another story was, and this is where that baseball is up there. Um, I was 11 years old, going up to bat, and bases were loaded. I'm really nervous. All my friends are watching, and I was nervous about striking out. And so you go up to bat, and the pitcher didn't really have much heat. He was like kind of like, you know, an average pitcher. And my dad at the time was playing third base coach. And he yells at me, Scotty, hit a home run. And then something clicked in me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should try that. And so the next pitch, crack. And that's what that grand slam is. And so it hit me that at that time I was batting not to strike out. I wasn't going to bat to hit a home run. Totally different mindset. And so that mindset was up to me. And so, and again, strength is a choice. So there's a bunch of different moments in, in life that's kind of reminded me that how I'm responsible and, and I can take ownership of my actions. And to go a step further, you can, you can own uh, your world and everybody around you and the things around you. You can have an impact on them. There's always something you can do, and the choice is yours. Choosing strength is the difference between a strikeout and a grand slam. The difference between jumping out of an ice bath as soon as you dip your toes in and dunking your head under after shivering for a few minutes and conquering that parasitic mind. And the ability to choose strength comes from a few things, one of which is having a picture of your values and your ideal self. And Scott explains how self-forgiveness and self-learning when you deviate from your values and the path of your ideal self is one way that you can choose strength. Like we were talking about before the show uh, with Martin Luther King and his um, sermon is Loving Your Enemies and his book Strength to Love. He says that uh, if you lack the power of forgiveness, you lack the power of love. And so it's a very, forgiveness is so powerful, especially self-forgiveness. You get me going on a tangent on that and how we as humans like are, are way different than most animals in the fact that we have a really hard time forgiving ourselves. We stay in that. If we make a mistake, we don't just suffer that mistake. We suffer our, our own mental self-bullying and living in the mistake over and over and over and over again. So understanding forgiveness. But yeah, there is some play in all of this. Again, like the path, ain't, it's not a straight line. You know, you're going, all, you're going, you're side weaving it and coming on it. So I definitely mess up and I mess up all the time, but I don't stay messed up. Yeah. And I learn. So 
I've also talked a lot about, you know, if you're focusing on, on the pain you suffer and you focus on the lesson you grow. And so it's okay to mess up. You're going to mess up no matter what, which is a matter of getting up strong. I mentioned that the ability to choose strength comes from a few things. Scott also explains how, in addition to the self-knowledge about your values, knowing your why behind what drives you provides you with a platform to produce force and be strong in the face of external stressors. It kind of starts with knowing yourself, right? And really understanding your whys. What drives you? Like, who are you? And if you have that understanding, it helps. And that's why I have that poster up. So that little sign up above the door here, back here, where it says Temenosuke, that's one little thing that keeps me calibrated. And so part of the thing is if you look around, each thing in here, in, in my little garage, my little thought chamber here, everything in here helps me calibrate me. The little reminders, they're all like, everything here is a purpose and it helps me center myself. So understanding your why or your own, again, your, your moral perfect self. And I have this concept in my head that I've been toying around with and I'm going to try and articulate it. So at, at your worst, you are in, in control of your attitude and your effort, right? And go a little bit deeper, you're in control of your thoughts and your breath. And that goes from man's search for meaning. It goes from, I mean, everyone in, in POW, I mean, in, in you name it, all these books where man is completely suffering at his worst. And that is where that lesson comes from, thoughts and breath. And so if you're in control of that, then you go a little bit further out and you start realizing what other stuff makes you happy and your why. And so the concept I have here is that is what you push off of. So think about like weight training, right? If you're pushing a sled, you're still creating force onto something. Like if, you're, if there's no gravity, you're not pushing the sled anywhere, right? You're just flailing about. But with gravity, you're pushing into the ground. Or if you're bench pressing, you're pushing off the, the, the bench on your back. You, you have something that you're applying force to. And so that to me is your why. If you, if you have a strong why, then you can apply force to other things very powerfully. Quick side note, we recorded this show in Scott's garage and his garage is full of physical reminders about his values. Encoded in each picture and artifact is a reminder that allows Scott to easily recalibrate his mindset and stay connected to his values and his why. I am starting to add these physical touchstones to my own workspace to help keep me grounded in my values and my why while I'm working. I'd encourage you to do the same. Now back to the storyline. Up to this point, we have addressed how to choose strength, but an important part of choosing strength is creating the space for a choice. I've used a whole bunch of um, metaphors for this, uh, and the one that I keep coming back to is, you know, like Frankel. Victor Frankl saying, right, you have stimulus and response, and then in between that is choice. And then, so for me, if you, again, stimulus, response, and then the distance in between those can be controlled with your breath. So if you're focused, like, it's almost like you can, you can exhale into that space to create distance instead of getting all, you know, sympathetic and stuck in there and you can't see, you get tunnel vision. So understanding to create space. And I've learned to create space through meditation. 
the simplest thing. You know, it could be yoga, it could be breath work, it could be whatever works, but sitting still, focusing on your breath and being mindful in a nutshell. So understanding that and then understanding that I'm not impervious to all the feelings, nor do I want to be. But I'm not taking my coat hanger and attaching it to any of them. You got to recognize them. So one way is uh, you know, I have this image of sitting like on a, on a bed of rocks in a big old river. And sometimes that river has rapids and it's crazy and it's full of pollution and chunks of wood and trees and stuff goes flying by. Sometimes I get hit in the head with it. But then I can slow down and mentally control the river and I can make it, I can bring all the, I can bring the, the rapids down. I can make it almost to it's like crystal water. And then when it's like that stuff floats by, I see it, I recognize it, I respect it. But then I can also just watch it go bye-bye. It can go right past me. And I can bring my mind right back to where I was. Um, I have that image in my head a lot. Another one is like driving a short bus, right? And I got all the emotions in the short bus with me. Fear, hate, jealousy, love, they're all there. But I don't, I don't just allow anger to get in the driver's seat. I can look back at anger, see anger, recognize it, tell anger to be quiet for a little bit. Sometimes I might even get an argument with anger, you know, or he might get me all fired up, but either way I can come back and realize I'm in the driver's seat. I'm not giving the keys away. And that's again, strength is a choice. So that's a choice, but it comes to self-awareness. So you can self-regulate that. I think people lose it by pointing, pointing the fingers and blaming something else, you know, Blaming traffic or blaming, you know, your spouse or blaming other people. When you do that, you're giving the keys away. Just to be clear, strength does not mean putting your head down and being tough through adversity. And the full depth of what strength is, is highlighted when Scott talks about how vulnerability is strength. Because it's those moments that create you. It's not your bio. It's not your resume. It's not the jobs you've had. It's the moments in your life. We all have them. The moments that create the person that you are. And generally, they're through stress and adversity. And then owning them and then owning the pain that comes with them, owning the lesson that comes with them, and being real to yourself and and to other people. And once you have that and you you recognize that that's okay and being vulnerable about it and opening up, there's so much strength there because now you're not sitting there spending your mental resources on being something that you're not. Like, for example, a lot of a lot of guys, like this whole, like, you know, tough upper lip thing, you know, and just fight through. Yes, yes, there is time for that in the moment. But suppressing that forever is not strength. To me, that's fear. That's grief. And so, vulnerability is strength. The final concept I discussed with Scott is the idea around health is wealth. I've lost the ability to sit on the toilet normally with injuries. Uh, even when I first wake up, when I first wake up and, and move to get out of bed, I'm grateful for it because there's been times I've woken up and couldn't do that, you know, with back injuries or ab injuries. So just the ability to wake up and get out of bed without pain is starting off the day in a massive celebration and being deeply rooted in the gratitude to do that. You know, and each step, uh, 
to be able to hear the kids laugh and or cry or both at the same time, uh, to be able to smell them, be able to, you know, hold them. There were times where I couldn't even pick up my kids with my back. I was so jacked up. Uh, I have hands that can grip. I can go on and on and on on this, right? But having that and understanding that health is wealth helps you stay completely rooted in gratitude. And if you're, and if you're doing that, if you're rooted in gratitude, it brings a certain perspective on your life that is full of appreciation. And you end up being nicer to everyone else and nicer to yourself and actually starting to enjoy your life. But the practice of it is what does it. And it's like washing your brain in a positive way. It's just that. So every night when I, my kids go to sleep, I ask my, my kids, you know, what are three things they're grateful for? And their answers are fantastic, right? They're always great. But that, their answers is, is not the reason I'm asking them. It's actually the practice in them thinking of things they're grateful for. Just the act of doing that to their brain is making them more resilient. And even though Scott celebrates his health, he finds it important to remember to stay in the driver's seat through injuries. We are not our physical bodies, right? You're not your legs. You're not merely your arms. You know, it's like a you have this carbon-based organic spaceship that you're in. And then it gets boo-boos, that's inevitable. But you, there's way more that you can do. And there's way more that you get to do than what you can't do. And holy smokes, man, if something gets messed up, okay, don't sit there and be a victim again. Don't, take, don't give whatever that injury is the keys. Think about what you can do to improve it. It puts you back in control. And being in control sets your own destiny. Nobody else. Here's one last story from Scott's experience to highlight the difference between choosing strength and giving away the keys to his emotions and experience. So I played football for like 16 years. So there was one really that kind of snapped me back onto this path. And that was I blew up my hamstring in college. And I, I had a pretty significant pull prior to that. And I didn't do anything about it. I thought, oh, I just ignore it and it goes away and it will get better. And then uh, it did. But then eventually it totally blew up on me. And I had to miss a year. So at first I was like blaming trainers. I was, you know, blaming um, the weather. I was blaming, I was anything else but like what I could do about it. And then it got really bad, man. And I started going to a, I was living with a bunch of football players at the time and they were traveling, playing games. And I started getting really good at drinking like Miller High Life because it was on sale at the liquor store down the street. I would drink three 30-ounce Miller Highlights before even going out. And I started getting like in a funk and depressed. And then I started, at some point in time, I started going to like an injured athlete's AA meeting, essentially, which is really cool. Like an AA meeting for injured athletes because it's a crack in identity, man, and people go through a, a struggle there. And I started reading, and I was reading a book by Pat Croce, who uh, used to own the 76ers. He's like a trainer, personal trainer that – went through a whole bunch of success and I read his book and one of the things he talked about was, you know, again, uh, being, going back to strength as a choice is that it's up to you. And so I realized, I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to come back fitter and faster and stronger than I had ever been, but it's up to me. And I realized this, oh man, it's up to me. And then I snapped, boom. 
So I get my diet dialed in. I started paying attention to nutrition, hydration, sleep, uh, all, all the stuff that like could set me up for success, anything that could be in my control. And then, so I use that opportunity. And again, this is at this point in time, I couldn't even lift. I'd like grab my pant leg and pull it up a step because I could, I had no uh, flexion at the knee. I couldn't even lift my own. I couldn't flex my foot up at all. Like if, if you ask me to kick me at myself in the butt, I'm like, nope, it's not happening. And so I rebuilt it. But that was like one of the biggest ones that set me up on the path of, of owning my world and being responsible for myself. And then I'm like, okay. So I ended up training super hard for several months. I started doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I was like working on my eyesight. I was working on like, uh, I was catching golf balls to help. Cause I'm like, Hey, I can improve my eyesight. And so I used that to, to come back, uh, uh, bigger, faster, stronger, whatever I could do to improve myself because it was up to me. Um, and so that was, it gave me an appreciation for being able to play Frisbee at the beach. Cause there was times, here's an example. Everyone has done this. You've crossed the street and you only know see a car coming. You kind of speed up a little bit. Maybe like, Oh, let me get out of the way a little bit and kind of jump up the curb. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I couldn't do that. There was a time in my life I couldn't do that. So even to have the ability to do that, I'm so appreciative of. I don't know, man. Uh, and that's where, that's where like getting off the toilet is like a gift. You know, like my mom right now can't do that. She can't go to the bathroom by herself. So I have an appreciation for that. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Scott McGee of the Sisu Way. You can find his Sisu Way podcast anywhere you listen to this one and follow him on Instagram at one, the number one, Scott McGee, or at the Sisu Way. If you think someone in your life could benefit from this show, please share it with them or screenshot the episode and share it on social media with at Beyond Macros tagged to start the conversation. Make sure you're subscribed to the show because next week we have a big announcement, which we will be tying into some lessons about how to create a sustainable nutrition transformation. And after that, in honor of Earth Day falling in April, I'll be bringing you a series about how to reduce your environmental impact through food without having to go full vegan or sacrifice your performance. Until then, I hope you have the best weekend ever, and I'll see you again next week. Much love.